0: your favorite
1: scary movie. You're listening to Stop Horror Time, the podcast for two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life primer events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film... And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle.
0: I'm Kate. Hello, welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hope ever hope everyone's doing okay and staying safe and wearing a fucking mask when you go out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we're doing, we're doing, this is one of my, like, new faves. Well, it's not, it's new to me. It's um, it 1987's Blood Diner. Um. Ooh. I saw it for the first time last year at the New Beverly, and Jackie Kong was there, and she's, like, the coolest person on the planet, and I'm sure I'll talk about that a lot during this, (laughs) but I just, like, instantly fell in love with its, like, bizarre humor and tone and everything that we'll get into, um... And I just knew we had to do this for the pod. And I wanted to do something fun. I was just trying to decide between this and safe for this week. Which, I t- like, that would have been the total opposite. and would have been, like, <laughs> big quarantine talk. Um, but I wanted to have some fun. So, but now, L, you hadn't seen this before, correct?
1: I had not seen this, no.
0: And you um. gave it only three stars. So <laughs> tell, me, tell me your thoughts. <laughs>
1: um, it's not for
0: everyone, I know.
1: But no, I just... Well, uh there was a review on there uh that somebody had given it. It was pretty recent. Where On Letterboxd uh, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and I kind of like I was like I felt that. Basically it was just <laughs> talking about um how they loved, you know, the humor of it and just how wild it was. Um like it's goofy and it's really fun and like gross special effects. Like it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me a bit of like Dead Alive.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like, the the practical effects in this are incredible. Like considering yeah. like it was super low budget and they only had eighteen days, like sa- same amount of saw. But like especially like the, I, I, oh, it's Ish- Ishtar in in Blood phase. Shitar. Like the the effects of like her stomach opening and everything. That's, yeah,
1: that's nasty, man. I love this. Um, and then they, like say like on the other hand, it's like uncomfortably misogynistic like there were some points where i was just kind of like just make, i was just kind of making like a slight face that i was just you know, i guess it maybe it just wasn't hitting for me um but yeah I, I missed the part where uh the guys were shooting the room full of like half naked cheerleaders <laughs> oh, and just calling oh my them God. and i was just like oh yeah <laughs> well maybe i just don't okay. i don't know it's well- kind of just maybe it wasn't for me
0: that's fair but now i'm I not saying that it was
1: good i'm not saying that
0: women can't be misogynist but i think we should point out that this was a female director so like yeah it's still from her lens and everything um but it's this is obviously
1: i mean it's it's like intentionally offensive but i guess maybe i just wasn't really comfortable with the way that i get uh, it was huh. hitting i don't know i guess
0: there's a there's a there's a thin line to be drawn in, like, exploitation movies and in horror movies. Like, I, I thought about Frankenhooker while watching this, too, because that's also about, um... Like, fi- finding different body parts from women to put together another human mm-hmm. being. And, um... I, I don't know. I, I Maybe... This is... I'm glad you brought this up. This is an interesting like, take on it. I I think I just, when I first saw it, I was just having the time of my life, and, like, it's all just... It's all just so ridiculous. And And even though these are the main characters doing it, they are clearly terrible people, and they get their oh, yeah. comeuppance in the end, so it's not like... It's not like this behavior is being lauded or anything.
1: No, like, yeah, it's It's, it's, it's very... supposed to
0: be shocking. It's yeah. supposed to be, um upsetting even even if it is done in a comedic lens like it's still supposed to be upsetting um that they're doing this to these women um and i think i mean this is based on the work of men so maybe that's where the root of the misogyny that you find comes from because that so i i I watched blood feast to prepare for this because i'd never seen it and this initially was intended to be a sequel to it the guy that wrote it initially wanted it to be a sequel to blood feast and then they had to kind of change it around like because and um you could totally watch this without watching it, though. Had you seen Blood Feast, Elle? Oh. I have not. Okay. Yeah, I just- I, I thought it would bring a new perspective to this. I'm glad I watched it. it it's not that good. Uh, but <laughs> it's considered, the, like, one of the first gore movies. It's by Herschel Gordon-Lewis, and it's literally just this guy, like, killing women, and he wants to put together. Like, oh. Blood Diner added the whole thing about the brother. You could honestly- I think the, the route- that the sequel would have been is that that guy at the beginning, their uncle, is the guy from Blood Feast that gets killed, and then they're like carrying on the legacy of everything oh, and trying yeah. to finish the work that he did. And there's a few scenes that kind of parallel Blood Feast, like the scene. um... So here's an example. So the scene. We should say what this is about. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> <we should laughs> oh my god! I keep saying I'm gonna do a synopsis. So basically. These two brothers, their uncle, when they're kids, comes to them, and he's just gone on this murder spree and gets killed by the cops right in front of them, but beforehand he gives them these two amulets to, like, finish his life's work, and, um, so when they're adults, they dig up his grave, they dig up his brain that talks, and put it in a jar, and he's talking to them, and they're- they're basically, like, it's this book of, like, Egyptian mythology- where they're trying to put uh, put together all these different body parts of women and have a blood feast and bring the goddess Shitar to life. I'm not sure why they're doing it, like, what they want to accomplish exactly, but this is what they're trying to do. Um, so anyways, there's a, <laughs> so there's a scene in, in Blood Feast, the OG, where it's just, like, this guy and girl macking on a beach, and she's like, I'm scared, we should go. And he's like, no. And then the <laughs> the killer knocks the guy out and kills her. Yeah. And that, that happens again in the the Bronson the Bronson Caves, um, in this, and so here's an example of, like, what Jackie Kong brings to the table. She, first of all, brought a lot of humor to this. The script was supposed to be 100% serious, and she was like, what if? Yeah, so, like, in that that scene in the caves, she's supposed to just get killed, and she's like, what if she just, like, kicked his ass first all of a sudden, (laughs) even though she's fully naked? I thought, like, that's hilarious to me. I don't know. (laughs) That's so funny. And she also, so, like, and, and that was Jackie Kong. That was her idea, to be like... What if she's not totally a helpless victim? Like, she does give up a fight. That kind of thing. Yeah. She, um, Jack and Connor also brought, like, the examples of humor. She's just, like... She's just so extra about everything. Like, she saw stuff... She made this script totally her own, like... In the the part, just out of excessiveness, like, the the scene where the guy gets run over. He was only supposed to be run over once. And she changed it to being run over a bunch of times. That is, like, one of the funniest scenes on the planet to me. And, like, it's so funny. And they're clearly using the same shots just over and over again.
1: Um, She also- The scene where the girl gets, like, her head in the fryer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Giant corn
0: I think that was the point when I first saw this. Where I was like, I think, I think I'm in love with this movie. It was that part <laughs> where a girl's head gets turned turned into he's, he's covered her in like like corn batter or whatever, and then puts her head in the fire, and it comes out this perfectly spherical corn ball shape. Oh my! And then he knocks it off. With, I'm not telling you. I'm telling you for the listeners. He like knocks it off. Yeah. Whole It's so. I think that's why I can't be offended because it's just so ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is clearly not with any malice. I don't know. No, yeah. And I could, I don't know. It could just be the Onion article of a woman, you know, forgets feminism for 30 minutes to enjoy (laughs) her shows. Like, maybe, because that's sometimes what you have to do with horror. You have to look at it as a a product of its time. But I really think that this probably would have been even more misogynistic in your eyes. If Jack and Kong hadn't made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. there is something deeply unsettling about any movie where a man is just, like, killing women and for their parts and views them as an object and trying to create a whole other object of their desire. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, you know. <laughs>
0: oh, so, okay, Something. this is just gonna be a trivia facts. Because uh, I, I got... She did a and a Q&A at the New Beverly. Um, yes. And what, <laughs> she said that... Um, In the script, you know that character that's a dummy?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that wasn't a dummy in the script. (laughs) That was a scripted character, and she just thought it'd be funny if it was a dummy, and they're like, but he has lines, and she's like, I know. (laughs) I know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I live and breathe for Jackie Kong. I would die for Jackie Kong. She (laughs) did- she's very outspoken about how she did not get the same opportunities after this movie as she would have- if a man had made it, and she said mm-hmm. that, you know, people, people, with her name, her, like, kind of gender-neutral name, Jackie, everyone thought she was a guy. They'd come to meet her after this movie, like, oh, we love Blood Dyer, it's like, who are you? Oh, they could not believe a woman made something this, like, this wild, this, wild, <laughs> this violence, this, this outlandish, like, they thought it was a guy. Yeah. And so, I love how, she's, she always says, I outdid the guys on this one. I love, <laughs> she's like, I did it better. She talks about... The, I found this one interview where she's talking about, like, Catherine, Catherine Bigelow and Catherine Harvick. She's like, we all outdid the men. Like, we're better than them. And I'm like, I love you. Speak uh, <laughs> Facts. Facts. Hard facts. I um, also... The the humor in this is so specific, but, like, just the casual way people react to the violence in this is, like, another reason it's not taken too seriously. Like, yeah. the, scene, the scene where they just... They're not being let into the bar, and their reaction is to just throw the bouncer under a car, and everyone just laughs. Like, this is <laughs> not a realistic world, I think, which is why I don't find it as disturbing as maybe I should. But it's just, it's a very specific tone and brand of humor that just somehow resonated with me, because you know I love horror <laughs> comedies. And yeah. And there's so many, like, visual gags. We, we mentioned a lot of them. I feel like I've been talking forever. You can talk some
1: No, more. yo, you're fine. <laughs> Um oh god, the the scene where they're in the the like near the, the near the end where they're in the dancing play the dance club uh-huh. or whatever. And they have the pills that they give the people that like turn them almost into these zombie creatures. Yeah. And then like Sheetar like comes to life and then everyone kinda turns around and just starts clapping for no reason and then they're like <laughs> go back to eating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, like, while there's a zombie outbreak just on the other end of the club, the band is still playing. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. The guy that's,
1: like, supposed to be the lead singer, like, he nearly gets his neck eaten, and then he goes back and starts jamming on the stage, and I was just like, me?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, those are all, like, Jackie Khan cast a lot of just, like, real musicians and everything in this instead of actors. Like, I think, I think at least one of the brothers was just a musician that she cast. She oh, was just, wow. like, looking in the L.A. punk scene in the 80s and, like, you want to be in a movie? Because, like you know. There was no time, there was no money, so she just reached
1: out to what she knew. <laughs> also in the uh, the club scene when they first meet with the guy that's like behind the bar and you can see these musicians playing in the background and then there's just, just one guy just dancing on the dance floor and he's just like he's tearing it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but to tear up so the I can just floor. see it in the <laughs> I can just see it in the background and I'm just like this guy is just, he has no lines and he knows he's in the background but he's gonna go for it all the way (laughs) and i was like i approve of it i loved it um i just oh my god the the main cook george uh of the brothers like i love that he like kept trying to like choke out one of the customers that's like a regular (laughs) and he just keeps coming back and he's a pro wrestler (laughs) 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 i was like that just that was just so that was so funny to me i just like just keep coming back for more
0: it's it's a it's funny to know that even back then there was like a health craze in la and everything or not just la but like yeah because they run a a health food restaurant i'm doing in quotations um <laughs> but they're actually serving just like very clearly deep fried human fingers like they're not masking it at all and no one notices he it's like, all so absurd like puts
1: the fingers that they still have like yeah. fingernails and stuff in the fryer, and people are just like tastes good and then a health
0: inspector comes, they just kill him in the back, like, no yeah. consequences. No shit. How can you not love this movie? I'm
1: sorry. No, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shrugging. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought it was, like, it's not, like, awful. Like, I could probably watch it again or something, but, like, it's just- I guess it just didn't hit as hard for me as it did for you.
0: That's totally fine. This is not going to hit with everyone. And I do yeah. feel like a dick doing a movie that you have to literally just buy on DVD. Like, it's not streaming anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. They need to fix that. Um, uh, but, I, I, but I... But Right? Well, there's a, there's a Blu-ray of it. But there's also... I just... I literally got the DVD. It's like... Y'all aren't going to be able to see this. But it's literally like a six-pack of horror movies that I got for like $5 online nice. or whatever. And that's like the cheapest way to buy Blood Diner. It also comes with Parents, Earth Girls Are Easy, Sundown, Fido, and Boy Eats Girl. So, six for the price of one, and you get to own Blood Diner for your very own enjoyment. But yeah, maybe Uh, I should spring for the Blu-ray, because I would love to see what special features are on there and stuff. Not to be
1: that guy. I hear that some of the people that were reviewing uh, the film on Letterboxd, some of them got the Blu-ray and they they listed out some of the stuff that comes on it. So I was just like, ooh, interesting. I'm they probably got a lot of good content on there.
0: Ooh, okay, Wig, okay. <laughs> Say go for it. It will be mine. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I just love this movie. Do, do you have a, a, a true crime event for this? Did this, I did this happen? I tried
1: finding a true crime event of <laughs> like, people sacrificing oh, yeah. uh, other people. like it's, Every time, I all just came up with, like, with Satanist stuff, and I was like, no. Ancient Egyptian. <laughs> it's Egyptian. So I just thought I'd cover a little bit about the ancient Egyptian uh, human sacrifice because that was really popular back within with them. Uh, and I have I really I have a good site that I'm pulling this information off of. But their only sin is that they are using the papyrus font on <laughs> the header, and whoever did that should go to jail. Oh so, uh, the three following practices of human sacrifice in ancient Egypt were like the ritual killing of human beings as part of the offerings presented to the gods on a regular basis or special occasions, which is probably what this one would cover under for Blood Diner, because they wanted to bring her back. Yeah. Uh, the retainer sacrifice or the killing of domestic servants to bury them along with their master, and the killing of convicted criminals or enemies of the country. Uh, Although criminals and enemies of the country may have been killed in a ritualized manner, this practice cannot be considered real humor, but it's not, like, super discussed in this one. So, uh, human sacrifice was a practice during the pre-dynastic period, beginning around, like, the first dynasty. They found evidence of that. Uh, The earliest known example of human sacrifice may perhaps be found in (laughs) pre-dynastic... pre-dynastic... Burials. In the south of Egypt, dated to the Nakata II period. Uh, one of the discovered bodies showed marks of the throat having been cut before decapitation took place. Uh there's a fragmentary label from the reign of uh, Horus Ara Aha found at Abydos, and a label dated from the time of Aha's successor, Jir, found at Saqqara, may bear witness to a ritual involving the killing of a human being. In both cases, a kneeling figure sticks a long weapon into the chest of a bound victim sitting in front of him. A bowl between the assailant and his victim may have been intended to catch the latter's blood and as he bleeds to death. And also present in both cases is some kind of fence-like sign drawing above the sacrificial scene. So, uh... Oh, shit, on, Okay. Uh, the context <laughs> of representation... Um, Dajir's label involves ritual objects being presented to the name of the king. Uh, the killing of a human being be- appears to be part of the ritual, which would exclude the possibility that we are witnessing a ritual killing of a prisoner. Uh, the purpose of the entire ritual and its connections with human sacrifices are unfortunately unknown. Uh, there is no evidence for this kind of human sacrifice after the reign of Dajir, so it's possible that the practice may have been abandoned during the early First Dynasty and this retainer sacrifice as stated is when the servants are killed to be buried with their master uh, at the royal cemetery of um el Khwaba, the tombs of the first dynasty kings from aha to ka are accompanied by subsidiary burials and they're arranged in rows or blocks either extending from the royal tomb uh, like with aha or surrounding it uh, and the position of the subsidiary tombs compared to the royal tomb is believed to reflect the relationship of their occupants to the king during life. Uh, from the time of Djitjit onward, the owners of the subsidiary tombs would often be identified. Uh, exceptionally, their name was painted in red ink on the south wall of their graves, but mostly it would be inscribed on a small stella that was placed in the tomb. So there would be like, royal seal bearer that was buried adjacent to Kwa. Uh, the most elaborate stella, also found in a grave near next to Kwa's Burial chamber belonged to a man named Sebef. On the cella, he is represented standing and holding a long stick, the usual posture of a high official. Uh, From his titulary, we see that he was keeper of the tomb of Kwa and the palace. And he was also a priest and keeper of the secrets and decrees. So he was like a confidant to the king. Um, The burial of servants along with their master was abandoned at the beginning of the second dynasty when a new royal cemetery at Saqqara was preferred to the one at Um Umm el-Khab. The practice itself may perhaps have survived in a more symbolic way, when starting from the Old Kingdom's statues representing working people and the servants were placed in the tombs. So, uh, no one else had to die when your, uh, master was killed. Um, uh, that's just a little small something I found. I didn't want to get too into it because that shit could go a long, <laughs> long ways. Um, yeah, I
0: can imagine.
1: But, yeah, I, I wish I could have found something that was true crime because we've been covering real events for a little while and I'm trying to find something true crime. Aww. But everyone was just, like, Satanists and <laughs> shit. And I was like, no. Yeah. That's not what I want.
0: Save that for when we cover a Satanic Panic.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> is this film gay? It's <laughs> <laughs> <So> the one... <laughs> Well, the one
0: thing I would mention is, like, you could argue that there's, like, some quasi-incestual thing going on with the brothers. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's not too hard to argue, especially with, um... Oh, I forgot their
1: names. Oh, Michael and George.
0: Yeah, but I I forgot which is which, but, like, how one of them's, like, when they bring the dates back... To the diner, and one's like making out with this date, and the other's just watching his brother make out with this woman. <laughs> I'm
1: like, oh what God. is going
0: on here? What's <laughs> that? And, like, the, and the guy calling it like, while he's watching wrestling, and the guy calling it like a homo sport or whatever. Like, oh nothing yeah. too substantial. Nothing too substantial, but worth mentioning, I guess. No, this is. I just wanted to do this movie. I'm gay, and I like this movie. And that's. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gay for Jackie Kong, who is the greatest. <laughs>
1: Has she made- is she making movies still, or? No, That like, every
0: interview I found from, like, a couple years ago, she's talking about projects that she's trying to get off the ground and hasn't. Like, nothing's in development. She had made some stuff before this. Like, she had made, um, this movie called The Being that I think is on Amazon Prime. It's another horror movie. And she had made this, like, comedy with, like, Linda- this, like, cop comedy with Linda Blair. She's only made, technically, like, a couple movies, and that's- why I was so mad, why I was talking, why she's so, she's big mad and outspoken about how she hasn't gotten the opportunities that she thinks she should have gotten from this, because yeah. this was a huge success, like, people loved this movie, and, but, you know, now she's just, like, making rounds, because this obviously has, like, this has a cult following, and she's doing rounds of Q&As whenever they screen this, like, I I found an interview from Alamo Drafthouse in New York from, like, a few years ago, and she does it at, like, uh she was at like the Etheria Festival, which is this um it's this film festival in LA that like does short um showcases um short films short films that are like genre films, genres, but usually like horror or sci-fi or whatever, that are all female mm-hmm. directors to so, like give them opportunities. Um but yeah, she should be making more and she's not and I'm mad and that's another reason I will keep making people watch Blood Diner. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all be mad together. And support yeah, Jackie her Kong. last-
1: her last thing was, like, a TV series called Karaoke Nights, like, back in 2001. So, yep. like, Oh, my God. Yup! <laughs> That's some bullshit. I
0: know. Anyway, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs>
1: she, <laughs> she- she outdid
0: the boys, and she knows this, and she will say this.
1: <laughs> she will say it. So. So, yeah. So, we can run down if you want. Yeah, yeah Sure. Would you like to go first, or? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I've actually gotten back into reading. Ooh, what's, uh, that? what's that? Oh, <laughs> reading actual books. Didn't know that was a thing. Still, I heard of it. <laughs> and um. I read uh World War Z. Oh okay. And halfway through it, I was just like, I'm reading this during a pandemic, and I felt like I was like, I fucked up. <laughs> Because I was just reading it, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was the
0: pandemic I was prepared for, not this. I was ready for a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and
1: I, I really liked it. Um, I've never seen the film, because I was once told it's like Brad Pitt saves Black Friday or something like that, or whatever the hell, like, kind of holiday uh, is what somebody described it as once, and I was like, okay, so if I ever watch it, it'll probably be to make fun of it. Um, and it's really cool because it's just, like, all over the world, history of, like, people talking about what happened during, like, the zombie war and just how it started to how it's, like, began the plan to, like, fight back and just the eventual, you know, recovering period that they're kind of in when this is being written down. Um, and then, so I finished that and then I read The Incident of the Dog in the nighttime. Uh, which was actually a play. I saw an advertisement for it once, like, back in 2016. And I was like, sounds interesting. Um, but I never saw it, but somebody I know said it was pretty good, so. It's, like, this- this kid, he's, like, 15 years old. He finds this dog that's his neighbors, and, like, he's been killed. And so he decides that he wants to start an investigation of who killed this dog. Um, and he's also, like- A kid that has you know he goes to a special school because he's very autistic Mm -hmm. um so like you're reading it from his point of view and like how the adults and everybody that he interacts with reacts to him um especially since it differs from like his uh counselor or his guidance person at the school his her name's Siobhan um and she's really understanding and very kind to him and then just like strangers just are like you're, like, the third degree or something like that because he asks a lot of questions and stuff like that. Um, and that was really good, too. It, it was a really short read. It was, like, less than 230 pages, so Yeah, I read, I read that. that back
0: in high school, I remember. Like, mm. it's, it's on a lot of required, required reading lists now, but at the time I think I just read it because I heard it was good.
1: I haven't seen yeah. the play,
0: though. I've, re-
1: I've read the play's good, too. So, and then, uh, I watched <laughs> the first Grave Encounters this past um, week. There's more than one? There's a second one. Oh, um, the first one was fun. I feel like it felt familiar, like maybe I had seen it before, but I'd forgotten um and then I watched the second one, and I was extremely disinterested, but there was a lesbian in it, even though she died. uh yeah, been there it, it wasn't good enough to be logged into my history, um, uh, but it was kind of about the same. Like, it was basically a bunch of college students, and one of them wanted to make a, like, not exactly a sequel, but he wanted to, uh, follow up on Grave Encounters, because it was released like a movie, and Mm -hmm. there was all the evidence that, you know, it actually wasn't a movie, and so then he wanted to prove that it was, and shit happens, um, (laughs) but, (laughs) I don't know, it was, I guess I just saw it just so I could cross it off on my list. But yeah, I remember not. being
0: kind of underwhelmed by Grave
1: Encounters. So. I like the characters in Grave Encounters, but, like... I don't know. There is It's also found footage films, so, you know.
0: Yeah. That, you that is know my, You know my thoughts on those.
1: <laughs> so, other than that, I haven't been up to too much. I've officially been in quarantine from my job for over a month now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like feeling it so i'm safe Uh, i'm just glad that i live in i'm not in like a small apartment or something with other people besides my parents i'm i'm at my Mm -hmm. house but yeah this can't go on much longer not for me but for like other people because we have those stupid protesters going on so
0: (laughs) (laughs) we want haircuts
1: yeah you know those people so, um, other than that, it's been pretty chill around here. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, I've been watching a shit ton. Well, I've, been, <laughs> I've
0: been- i did a big- I've been doing a big rewatch of Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, feels good, man. Feels organic. I, like, <laughs> really- everyone dunks on season one, and I still hold it just so special in my heart, because that's the season Leonard Snart was in, and I- Aww. His arc is so fucking- great and makes me sad and i feel emotions and that. but now i'm on season four and john constantine's there so my other son is here <laughs> john um, constantine john constantine um as far as movies i've been watching a lot of shit um i watched from beyond because that was a, a stuart gordon blind spot i hadn't seen it is fucking wild oh, um boy. <laughs> it's a it's a one of the one of his many lovecraft adaptations but this one like i think was just a short story and the short story well, the, sh- the whole short story is just the opening of the movie, and he expanded from that, but it's, like, these scientists that create this machine that, like, does something to a part of your brain where you can see, like, an alternate dimension where all these bugs and shit are tearing you apart, and, like, what? Barbara Crampton's this, like, doctor trying to- I don't know, it's- she's so good at it. I, like, <laughs> I love Barbara Crampton, and- she this this was a juicy role for her and the ending shot of her I won't say what it is but it's just like oh that's a cinema yeah <laughs> cinema I, I, that's cinema um, I watched The Hunger the, the oh. yeah that a <laughs> uh, lot, of lot that. it's a uh, it's on Criterion Channel till the end of the month that's why I watched it I was like gotta hurry up gotta go. <sighs> gotta go gotta go oh this isn't horror but i watched road to perdition last night for the first time oh yeah have you seen that it's been a while but i remember seeing it yeah i like oh my god holy shit (laughs) (laughs) that that hit me in the feel it goes um i kind of predicted how the ending would go because i was like like, he thought that everything was okay, and I'm like, Jude Law's still out there and wants to kill you, sir. <laughs> and his guard was so down, I'm like, uh-oh. Here
1: but I just-
0: Here he comes! Um, but I really just loved- I- I- I love, like, like, gangster movies and stuff, and that era of Chicago, also. Yeah. Um, and it was just a really interesting, like, study on character, and, like, the r- relationships between men and everything, um, hmm And, I don't know, I don't know how to talk about it. Like, Paul Newman, the way he reacts to everything is so fascinating. Like, the pull that he has about, like, how, how Daniel Craig fucked up royally, but he's his son, and so that's where his loyalty lies, and, like, the struggle that he has with that. I love how everyone's just dunking on Daniel Craig in it. Like, at one point... At one point, Stanley Tucci tells him, like, you wouldn't know your thumb from your dick, and it just cuts to him, like... <gasps> <laughs> oh! my!
1: And, and in that also, isn't he? No. Per- no, it was, a- no, it's it's another movie with Leonardo... I'm sorry. It's a different one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, not I, I remember.
0: Revolution Road?
1: Revolution Road. Okay, yeah, that one.
0: Same director, same director, yeah. Damn, Mendez. Yeah. This, this is different. And just... And, and just the main, like, the main point of it is how, like, it's like the, I guess it's mainly, like, father-son dynamics and everything, because that's the dynamic Tom Hanks has with Paul Newman, even though he's not his real father, he's his boss and everything. But then he's on the run with his son and sees so much of himself in him and doesn't want that life for him, and that's why, like, that ending is, I was like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen here, and it's breaking my heart. Um... (laughs) I was just like, violence is bad, and we're not glorifying it. Like, this life was not a good life to live. But yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: like, um, yeah, it was just fascinating. I don't know. I only didn't give it a full five-star rating because Jennifer Jason Leigh was totally wasted in it, and it made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> but I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> Women, God. I heard of them.
1: <laughs> God. Did- I don't know why, but I just, like, thought about The Departed for a moment there when you were talking about
0: Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh! Because like, the I was never I... talking about Leonardo DiCaprio! So,
1: you know. <laughs> he says, on the mind, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> just, like, the- just, like, uh, the sudden- have you seen The Departed? Yeah. Oh, you remember, the, like, when they're walking out of the elevator and, like, just, one of them just something gets shot, and I just went- yeah. Holy shit,
0: the first time. That part, was... that, that part was spoiled for me before I saw the movie because it was ah! a Dear Sister parody. Like, you uh. know, when the Dear Sister parodies were going around, and that was one of them.
1: God. But uh,
0: Departed, Departed's good, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, Anyways. Anyway, I just thought about that for some reason. We're all just
0: oh, yeah. thinking about the Departed, I guess.
1: <laughs> At all times. Alright. Uh, well, oh, folks. God, I feel uh, like I've been up to what? something else, but I... Oh! Yes? Shit, I forgot. Uh, I started doing embroidery again after standing oh. in line at Joanne's Fabrics for Your two Joanne's hours. is still
0: open? Yes! What the fuck is going on over there? Okay. They,
1: they only let ten people in the store at a time because they only have so many employees, and so uh-huh. I was in line for Joanne's for two hours. I would recommend not doing that, but- Yeah, don't I go out if you computer. don't have to, y'all. Don't- <laughs> That was my one, that was my one errand where it was not, where it was something I wanted to get so that way I could start doing stuff for my friend, for my friends that asked me to do some embroidery, but other than that, I've been home this entire time, unless it was for necessities.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the bare necessities. The bare, truly the bare necessities.
0: Alright, I wanted, before we go, I wanted to briefly mention, we, we put up our Patreon and... Yeah! We have, a, we, have, we have good plans for our first um, extra episode, but we're also yes. we're open to suggestions down the line of what kind of extra content y'all would like to hear. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's gonna be, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and we got some good guests lined up. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for
1: listening. You can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. You can find me at Designs on Twitter as well. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at Stop Horror, at horror Time Pod and on Facebook at Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, and as always, we're the podcast that's great for people who want to know more about horror if they just can't watch it and mm-hmm. just spread the word about us. Uh, if you got any people that are interested in some more podcasts that are about horror and uh, LGBT people, we're totally down. And we will see you guys on the next episode. All right, Bye. stay safe. Bye.